Welcome to Waiting for a Review, a show that follows the journeys of two independent iOS developers. I'm Dave Wood, an iOS developer from Leicester, England. And I'm Dave Knott, an iOS developer from Devon, England. Join us as we discuss the development, code and technology of our independent journeys. Okay, so Dave, um, this week we kind of wanted to talk about juggling contracting work and other work um, around our sort of indie developments and our applications. We juggle these things around our day-to-day lives as well. Um, I mean, it's all about figuring out how to make ends meet and and, and make everything work overall. Um, But I think it's fair to say that just as we're kind of still starting out in a lot of ways with our indie journeys, we're also both still starting out in terms of contracting and and putting things out to to clients and that sort of work. Um, And I know this is something you've been working on recently in terms of setting up your, your business for clients and contract work as well. Um, did you just want to kind of give me a bit of an overview of where you're at at the moment and, and how that's all looking? Yeah, sure. So this year is my my year for diversifying. So until now, uh, my company has been predominantly developing iOS apps. So I'd make an app and I'd chuck it in the app store and hope it does really well. Um, but I've, I've never actually taken on work for, for actual clients. Um, kind of what I would call actual work <laughs> it's uh yeah when when it, when when you've got a got a client it feels a lot more like like a, a regular job I suppose as opposed to the typical indie indie lifestyle that I've become used to um so where I'm at at the moment is until February this year I've, I've we've spoken about this before but just to quickly reiterate until february this year i was working the the nine to five um at a regular job and in indie dev was kind of my my side gig um but last year in august my son charlie was born um and the plan for the first 12 months was always that my wife would take the first six months taking care of him and i'd take the second six months um i think the whole thing really has served as, as a catalyst a catalyst for for change kind of like if if things are going to change a bit um yeah let's just let's just really change things up and and see see what happens really <laughs> um, i know we've said in the past that you know the corporate world will always be there as a, as a fallback so you know let's let's just let's just do it and see what happens um so i'm currently on or going into week 5 of me sort of being the the primary carer i suppose for my son um so it kind of feels like now the dust has settled a bit. You know, the first couple of weeks were a bit weird and you could I I was finding my feet and I wasn't sure what time I would have within the day um to to do my own stuff. So it looks yeah. at the moment on a fairly regular basis I'm getting 2 to 3 hours during the day. That's kind of like nap time for Charlie. <laughs> so um <laughs> then once he goes to bed I get up to and I should stress the word up to four to five hours. Um, that's on the basis of me carrying on until about 11 midnight. It was 1am last night, which is why I'm on my third coffee and it's only 10am, but nevertheless. Uh, so that's kind of where things are. And that's almost a working day, really, yeah. when you add it up, albeit fragmented. 
but a working day so. nevertheless. So that's really cool. So my plan is to start offering um, web development services for small companies in my local area and, and beyond. So I've been busy in the background setting that all up, getting my website sorted, um, thinking quite deeply actually about what it is I want to want to offer because I'm very conscious that I don't want to be just another what you'd call like a me too agency in that you know you just become another one of another agency that is just like all the rest I want to I want to try and offer something a little bit different a bit more specific um, rather than just taking on any work that comes in the door being like yeah we can do it we can do it I want to be quite focused yeah um, hopefully allowing me to execute better on what it is I say I can offer rather than sort of being mediocre at everything or worse still not being very good at loads of different things yeah so um, that's kind of where I'm at I've signed my first contract this week with a with a client which is awesome that's Uh, brilliant the first one always feels a bit weird (laughs) (laughs) Um, believe me Uh, I can't yeah It, it was it it was great it was kind of kind of made everything feel worth it all the effort i've put in so far um a slight really really slight sinking feeling of now i've actually got to do what i say i can do in the contract and it's only just me and i'm all (laughs) on my own um but yeah that's human nature it'll be fine um i know I, i know i can do a great job for them so yeah i'm super excited at the moment um what about you what have you been up to you've been doing some some stuff i hear yeah so I think, again, like yourself, it's probably a good idea for me to kind of recap sort of how things have, have gone over the last, uh, kind of over the last year, really. Um, so last June, I left my corporate job of many years um, and kind of thought I was going head first into sort of proper contracting, as it were. And I, I kind of define that as being, you know, a hefty day rate. Um, you're, you're kind of... Um, working full pelt to sort of, you know, get, get the project delivered. Um, but you, but you can paid very well for it. And that, that kind of fell through. Um, but, um, so in the time since then, what has kind of happened is that, um, I've been fortunate enough to pick up kind of small contracts, odd bits of work that sort of help make ends meet. Um, a lot of those have been, kind of just via friends and, and existing contacts. And, and a lot of it really has been kind of hourly billing, you know, just do, do X amount of hours on a project. You bill it back to them. And, and I'm potentially even in some circumstances kind of subcontracted underneath their relationships with, with their clients. So I haven't had to do a lot of the sort of client relationship management, setting up of proper contracts, all that sort of side of things. Um, so I kind of feel like I haven't really had the proper experience yet as I sort of see it in a lot of ways, you know? Okay. Um, and there's been a couple of strategic reasons for sort of keeping things quite low key um, and, and kind of easy to, to finish up as well. Um, we haven't talked about this before properly on the podcast, but um, last November... Um, we were fortunate enough as a family to be able to take a trip around New Zealand. Um, and it, we were there for just over five weeks. Um, did a, a driving holiday, essentially, um, around the North Island and down to the South Island for a little while. Um, 
and it was fantastic. Yeah, it was it was real trip of a lifetime stuff. Um, and part of this was we we were able to. I'd, I'd um, in that time I'd inherited a small amount of money, um, and that kind of let us let us do it. Um, and equally, I wasn't answering to a day job where getting five weeks on holiday wasn't going to happen. You know, that was certainly the case in my old job. I would have had to to fight to get that time off. Um, yeah, do they, so we, do they cap you? Do they on what, what you could have at, at once? Yeah, if, if you carried holidays over between years, even then, sort of project commitments internally um, would have sort of dictated it might have been hard work. Um, right. I, I could probably have sort of pushed for a sabbatical um, or something like that because I'd been there for so long when I was there. But um, no, so October rolled round, we were able to sort of go for it. Um, and in November we were there and it was really awesome. It made a massive impact on, on the whole family. Um, and so priorities shifted rather than thinking I was perhaps going to go contracting an indie, um, priority kind of renewed when we got back from New Zealand to trying to emigrate. Um, and that, that is where we're, we're at right now. Um, I've continued to work sort of small contracts um but we we thought that um we were potentially going to be going quite soon there there was a job that i was um really hopeful about and for a number of different reasons that that didn't quite work out um but where we're at now is that i need to be earning as well as i can possibly earn and then that actually takes sort of precedence over my indie app development, it takes precedence over over a, a lot of things. As a family, we're sort of knuckling down to ensure we can get back out there. And, and that is the plan, if you like, for the rest of this year. Um, I'm, now, I'm now looking at, um, I've put proposals in for what I would deem to be proper contract work. Um, and as we've discussed, we've discussed, discussed um, contracts this last week haven't we um yeah yeah and i'll be sort of cribbing from from your notes and from people i know as i sort of look at um going into that world a bit more sort of wholeheartedly um six to nine months of of solid you know work on good day rates means that we are then in a better position to sort of um, do the big move that we really want to do um so this is this has definitely been one of those curves where you start out in one one direction um, and then you th- life kind of throws something else at you and you, you decide, no, hang on a second, we need to, to go another way. Um, I think, so in terms of what that means really is that one way or another I'm going to be working for somebody else full-time uh, very shortly um, and that's with a specific goal in mind. It's not a return back to the corporate world forever as such. Um, although it's also fair to say that I'll be looking at, at doing full-time work um, if we emigrate as well. Um, so But then me, the, the, the reward there will be being in New Zealand, surely. Exactly. That's, exactly. that's the goal, isn't it? Yeah, and, and my apps are not going to suddenly get taken out and, and deleted. I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing there. Um it's as we've discussed before, I will need to juggle that around the reality of the day job. Um, and so, yeah, that, that, that 
brings me to a couple of things I, I definitely wanted to talk about here. Um, and that is obviously last week you um, and me, we talked about marketing and I was put on the hook to kind of start <laughs> looking at doing some of that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and this week, as I've pursued um, meetings with people going into places to discuss potential work um, and bidding or putting in proposals rather on, on jobs on places like Upwork um, and then actually landing some work on Upwork. It's been very easy for me to shelve everything I've been doing otherwise. Um, I've, I've, I would say that, uh, what is it? The, the juggle is real. Um, <laughs> and it's been, been tricky to kind of, uh, you know, make everything work at the same time this week. That's um, a show title, by the way. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Um, that, that's the truth of it, you know. Sometimes these things happen. You, you have to do, you have to prioritise um, right now to support my family and to get us where we want to go. Um, my own app development isn't currently delivering enough money for us to live on, so I have to do something else, and, and that's just the reality of it. Um, so... Dave, just bring this back round to kind of where you're at. I'm thinking, well, how are you expecting to sort of manage the juggle as, as things proceed with having clients on the go and, and, and that side of things? I am I want to be very good or become very good at being able to say no, but for the right reasons. Yeah. I feel, I feel there's a real danger for me if I was to have a you know a load of inquiries of projects it's very tempting to say yes to them all uh, i think i need to be very mindful of the fact that i'm just one guy sat at a computer i'm looking after a six-month-old during the day i've yep. also got my ios apps to think about um, so i need to be very sort of conscious of the whole picture um, and it's one of those things isn't it saying no to work is is one of the you think, oh no, I, I can't say no to it. You can never turn it down, that kind of attitude, because you might not get it again. Yeah. Um, where in fact, I think it it could almost be almost like death by a thousand cuts. If you take on too much, then everything suffers. Yeah. So my iOS apps won't get any updates they might need when iOS 11 rolls around, um, and they won't get any cool new features. I mean, I've, I've got a notepad full of full of stuff I want to build into into armchair, into space readers. Same here. Um, Same that here would never mine. happen. Um, and, you know, I get people emailing me saying, oh, you know, this feature would be awesome. Um, and there was one the other day, and I was like, yeah, you're right, that would be awesome. And it's number three on my list of jobs at the moment. Um, and I can't wait to get it built. And I offered that person to come on to my beta program, and, you know, that, that, that was awesome because then... Yeah. You know, someone's engaged with the product and they're really excited about it, and now they're on board for you know beta versions. Um, I, don't, I don't want that kind of thing to stop. I want that that that's like a quite healthy thing to be going on with my app, and I want that to continue for you know as long as possible. It is, but you, you're going to have to carve out that space to make that happen. Otherwise, Absolutely. you'll end up like I have this last week, where I've just gone, no, nah, to hell with it. I can only do so much. Um, and, and, you know, anything that's not immediately delivering you income is potentially going to get shelved, um, in that sort of order of prioritization. And I think it's hard with, with applications that you're running as an indie on the side. Um, 
because a lot of it can be it's like a delayed gratification or a delayed investment you know you put this development in up front or over a period of time but the delivery the reward on that is going to take a while to come in it's after you've launched and it's kind of as things are are progressing on um and the feedback loop's very large isn't it yeah yeah um and i think unless you're really really lucky and you you've, you've managed to you know make the next flappy bird or whatever it is that um, <laughs> that takes off overnight kind of thing then i, I think you know th- this sort of side of juggling is just the reality of it um i so- think what what i've been trying to do um in an effort almost in anticipation of being taken off into sort of contract work for a little while sort of almost anticipating the apps getting a little bit neglected um, which I'm not overly comfortable with, but like you say, you know, the, the contracting money is, it's almost getting on for like a regular wage, isn't it? Because you can almost yeah. set your clock to it a little bit more as opposed yeah, so- to when you launch an app, it's, it's a lot more volatile, I think in terms of what you can predict. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I want, I want to maybe just, take on a, a, a set number of contracts I think having that's what I need to do I need to come to a number of contracts that I'm comfortable having run at the same time yeah alongside my indie development um, and it might take me a little while to figure that out what kind of like going um, to be kind of like a pipeline a kind of view of, of different projects and the app development I guess is just another one alongside the other work um, yeah but in, in almost in anticipation of um, being taken off into the contract work, I'm trying to um, also sort of weave a bit of marketing into it as well for the for the for the apps. Yeah. Um, because my apps are in in a place where you know I, I am reasonably happy with them. I think they're they're good sort of they're good apps. They they, they stand up. They do do what they say they're going to do. Yeah. Um, so marketing in terms of being more active on Twitter and engaging with people in you know, in the niches that I'm serving. That's the kind of thing I can do on my phone, kind of sat about in small fragments of time. Yep. Um, that might just be in the evenings or, or whatever. Um, that That's something that a, a little bit goes a long way, I think. So, you know, we spoke about marketing last week and we said what we were, you know, we'd, we'd do, some, do some stuff and talk about it. Um, might not be a bad time for me to talk about what I've done this week, um, which is... I've been um, a lot more active on on Twitter for my um, for my application. So I've got a, I've got a Twitter account now for each each um, of my core apps, and I've started following some. I guess you'd call them influencers in in yep. in that in that space. Um, and the the proof to me that it's worth it is that um, I I followed a few people on. Thursday night and then Friday night I had an email from someone who runs a, a site about um, you know, home theatre PCs and that kind of thing yep. saying he'd like to uh, do a write-up about my app on the, on his site. That's so that, that immediately is proof that I need to be doing more of this stuff. <laughs> yep. yeah, that, that's, you know, saying that he gets 10,000 visitors a month via Google onto his site. Um, that That's, that's a no-brainer, right? That's that's got to be a good thing. Well, 
Yep. So, and, and so that sort of incremental effort and interaction is sort of paying back its, its dividend a little bit there. Massively um, so. And I, th- I think, I guess that's part of the juggle, really, part of, you know, kind of trying to fit all this stuff together is is just being aware that it doesn't always have to be a massive piece of development. It doesn't always have to be a massive big project, um, you know, that you've got to get done before you can then really um, sort of push things to that level, it, it can, to that next level. It can just be this sort of small incremental efforts. And, and that certainly is sort of where I was before, you know, when I was working the, the, the corporate day job um, and developing uh, my, my first app, you know, we've talked about this before as well, but but I, I would kind of try and structure my day so that I could use these sort of dead bits of time, if you like, um, to sort of put some positive effort towards the app development. Um, and I think given that I've kind of drifted a bit over the last few months and things have kind of been going sort of here and there, I kind of need to refocus myself really um, because it's the only way that I'm going to be able to to sort of do both um, as things progress over the next month or so, um, you know, I will be back to, to the nine to five for a while. Um, but I don't want to get rid of my apps. I want to keep furthering those. So yeah, I'm going to have to look at doing, doing very similar things, finding activities that I can do that sort of help support the apps. Um, whether that is Twitter interactions, like, like you were sort of describing before or, or what, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to keep nudging these things along if I, I kind of want them to progress, because otherwise it will just be that my apps have essentially been mothballed for that time, um, and that's, that's certainly not something I want to happen. Yeah, no, it's essentially the more I think about it, all I did was follow someone on Twitter, and and the what came out of that was hopefully a really positive relationship. Um, it didn't take a lot of time. It didn't take a lot of effort. Um, yeah, you know, bounced a few emails back and forth now. That's cool, and that's gonna be, it's gonna be great. So m- more of the same, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, you know, I, I feel that I'm lacking um, contacts within the niches that I serve with my apps. That yep. I think that's a, a, that's a major problem for me at the moment. Um, so that's hopefully what I'm doing now is going to go some way to addressing that. So, Dave. Um with your sort of new contracting world that you're you're setting up in terms of um sort of web development um how are you kind of laying up laying that out and sort of setting up shop with all of that what is the general sort of approach you're taking um the services you're offering and i guess i'm kind of wondering as well what you're sort of doing to keep things on track as a one man band and kind of within your your capability and abilities yeah okay um interesting that you mentioned setting up shop because <laughs> I, I feel very lucky that um i've already got i've already had a company set up for obviously my os development so that was super cool that i didn't have to go through the whole hassle of finding an accountant thinking of a business name registering the company getting a bank account buying a domain name for it building you know email inboxes all that kind of stuff um so really the the, the setup has been very straightforward um I've got some business cards. Um, I, I think that cost me about £36. Um, and I've bought a colour laser jet printer 
Um, and that's basically all I've had to buy. Um, the printer's out for delivery today, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, I, we mentioned it briefly before the show, but I'm super impressed at DPD's delivery tracker. Um, it's incredible. They've sent me an email saying that my printer's out for delivery, and there's a little uh, Google map that shows me the location of their van and the estimated time before the van reaches me, which is awesome because you know, now I don't have to wait in all day, so that's really cool. Um, but anyway, <laughs> aside from being amazed by DPD's delivery tracker, uh, my, my plan for what I want to offer to clients is to be able to offer web development services to small companies. Um, first of all, I'm going to you know start local because I think that just makes sense where I am geographically and my ability to go and meet people. But I've got no issue at all with working people outside of the local area at all. So what I want to offer is an effective, affordable, personalized website for a business. I feel that at the lower end of the price spectrum, there are kind of two main ways to get a cheap website. You can use a, a, a do-it-yourself kind of builder, um, which is fine. Nothing nothing wrong with that. Um, and then there's other web development companies that you could find locally that will give you a cheap website. And yeah. do they ever look cheap? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think what I'm trying to address is the shortfalls with both of these approaches. Um, I think the do-it-yourself builders, they still require time on the business owner's part, um, time that they perhaps don't often have, because my experience of sort of small local business owners is that they they work at 100 miles an hour, they've always got too much on, they're trying to juggle a thousand things at once. So really, the the appeal of these website builders can seem you know quite appealing at first, but then when, once they sit down and get into it, I think it's time that really that they shouldn't be spending on that. They should be addressing their other business needs. Yeah. Um, I think some of the, these do it yourself builders can appear quite intimidating and confusing to people. Even, you know, even if they claim not to be, I think inevitably that's, that's kind of what they can appear like. Um, still a learning curve of some sort and still that time investment, whichever way you sort of cut it. Yeah. Um, and I think with, there's a lot of like templated stuff out there, which you know you can see the the appeal, the hook there is you can have a website that looks like this, and yep. but then the, they're encouraging you to just kind of shoehorn content into a, an existing design, um, and I think you can you know as, as a maybe a small business owner you can be blinded by you know getting it done quick and getting something that looks like what you've seen uh, like 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 the template you could have a website that looks like this and you could have it really quickly yeah but I think that can blind you a little bit and not actually stop and think about what it is you're trying to do with your website Um, which could create a weaker end result by just not stopping and taking the time talking to a a web designer to even realise what it is you you could have and what it is you're trying to solve. What what is the problem you're solving by having this website? Yeah. Um, some of the other, yeah. You know, what's common is you find a lot of cheaper companies that will build websites for you, um, and they might offer it cheap in the first instance. But then you sometimes get lock-ins with hosting, which are very expensive. So over a three-year period, 
you know, they get their money one way or another, basically. <laughs> um, and again, sometimes you, you you can tell by looking at them that they've you know content has just been shoehorned into into a design. Um, it's just that someone else is doing the shoehorning rather than you doing it in a do-it-yourself builder. So what I want to do, I want to try and bridge the bridge the gap by giving customers a you know a great looking website that's right for their business at an affordable price. Um, and above all, I, I, I want to be approachable to people. I, I want to encourage a conversation about their business model, their goals, their challenges. That way we can um, work to create something that, that's tailored for them, that's just right, that's awesome. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at, really. I, w- I, want, I want to create something that's just for them, that's effective, that's elegant, and that's affordable. So I'm trying to tick all of those boxes. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've got contract number one in, which is really cool. Um, I feel a little bit vulnerable at the moment in that I, I'm lacking a portfolio. So this one can't come soon enough, really. Um, if I can do a really nice job with this, I can show other people what they could have and I can explain the, the decisions that I made in the design of the site and hopefully show people the reasons why things were done a certain way so hopefully they can understand the thinking behind what goes into a website as opposed to just you know putting a bunch of text on a page with a headline that says welcome to insert business name here in the headline <laughs> <laughs> um it can be done so much better than that and i want to try and maybe educate's not the right word that sounds a little bit weird but i, I just want to try and let people see that that they they could have so much more um, yep. for their company if they if they're willing to sort of have that thought process about what it, what is the problem they're trying to solve I'm, i want to if someone says to me i well i need a website so like, well, why do you need a website that seems like a daft thing for a web developer to say i should be saying yes of course you need a website let me build it for you immediately <laughs> here's a price yeah. um but i I'd, I'd like them to kind of understand why they want the website because then that that can only serve to make the website better for them it makes um things better for you as well because it defines your your market your niche the type of customers that you're um trying to serve um i mean by by having those sort of conversations and asking those sorts of questions um you'll be eliminating the people who do literally just want something to be online and that's it you know they're not necessarily thinking about what the website will do what they want it to do or any of that they, they just want insert business name here dot com um and those are those are not your customers at that no, end of the that's, scale. That's, a, that's absolutely right and it might be that maybe the best solution for them is just to get a quick do-it-yourself builder and you know chuck a logo on a page with some text and a phone number yeah um and if that if that's right for them then that's that's fine i i don't have an issue with that i i almost want to try and be as transparent about things with clients as i can be yeah um, be- because those people as well they might not be your customers now but give them a year of having the the, the um cookie cutter website that doesn't necessarily serve them so well um they'll remember that positive interaction with you and you might be their contact that they come back to for the upgrade for the better site afterwards yeah yeah hopefully hopefully so um but yeah as part of what i want to do I, i've been quite intentional about specifying who you know the market i want to serve 
Um, I, I, d- I don't want to be sort of offering everything. Yeah. Um, you know, regardless of what comes through the door, be it, a, you know, a small site or a massive site, I, I, I want to sort of target my advertising at, at, a, at a certain niche. Um, and I think, especially where I am geographically, I think there's a lot of small businesses sort of owned and run by, you know, you know owner managers. Yeah. Um, who perhaps feel a little bit bewildered by, by what, what they can do online and why they should be online. And I, I, I think I, I want to try and put a, a friendly and approachable face on it. I think it can appear quite intimidating that they're, t- you know, a lot of these people are told, oh, well, you need a website, don't you? Cause you know, it's 2017 and you have to have a website. And then some people are like, well, I'm a bit confused. I don't, I don't know what I want. How much does it cost? Well, I, I want to try and be, it's not core to their business necessarily to, to consider it that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm, I want to try and put a friendly and approachable face on on the process of getting a website delivered and also try and be as transparent as I can throughout the process because I, I think, you know, hopefully that that will pay dividends down the road, as you, know, as you alluded to a moment ago. Yeah, and I think that's a brilliant approach, Dave, because, I mean, what I'm seeing that you're doing here is, is quite similar to sort of indie app development in a sense, but albeit as a service. Um, in that you're looking at things in terms of, okay, well, what niche can I serve? How can I best sort of serve that niche? Um, and really by sort of taking that approach and filtering your potential clients, um, you're also preserving your your bandwidth and your time, your headspace a lot better as well, because you're not going to be dragged in six different directions because you're trying to serve six different types of clients, for example. Yeah, you're going to be serving sort of hopefully fairly similar clients in terms of their overall general needs. Obviously, it'll specify for each one, and you'll have those conversations. Um, but equally, I think it'll let you play to your strengths. It'll it'll become something that is easier for you to integrate and juggle around sort of family life, um, and to juggle around what you want to do with your your app development as well. Um, so I think it's quite brilliant. You know, you've kind of got. Um, you've got approaches perhaps from the indie world that are helping inform you in the sort of services model kind of world with this. Yeah, um, no, I hope so. And I, I hope that I can, by picking my niche, I can serve that niche to the very best of my ability. Yeah. Rather than sort of serving a, a wide range of, of areas in a mediocre or worse still bad way. So yeah. that's, that's, that's the goal. Because I've been um, I've been taking on some work this last week through Upwork, um, which is a bit of a general marketplace for sort of hourly jobs and small sort of projects. Um, and what I've found in my limited experience so far of kind of delving into that world is it, it is very much that other end of the scale where it's everybody's looking to do things as cheaply as possible, and the type of work itself can kind of range quite widely. Yeah, depending on uh, depending on what what it is you want to do there. I mean, for me, I've been looking and sort of going, okay, I need to get um, get some more cash in. Um, at the moment, I'm kind of waiting to hear back about bigger and sort of more proper jobs, as it were. Um, so it makes sense for me to just go after anything that I can do to sort of fill the the gap at the moment. Um, 
and what I've found by doing that has been very much a case of um, I've ran straight into all of the sort of stereotypical concerns with that that kind of cheaper end of work, which is um, quoted on a fixed price project. The level of work escalated underneath that quote with an expectation that it would still be fulfilled within the same price. Um, I've, I've struggled to sort of lock down overall requirements there's been a bit of back and forth um, in that way. And you know, all of this is going on without really um, properly defined itemized kind of contracts and that end of stuff. You know, it's just very general kind of, I need this doing. Um, and it's been hard work. It has been headspace wise. It has been very difficult to juggle. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm actually really quite hoping that the, the bigger jobs land soon so that I don't have to kind of keep doing this sort of bit work. Um, and equally, um, you know, it's not really the niche I want to be in, I think, if I think about it properly. Um, there are there are other areas that will play better to my strength than sort of trying to be, you know, all things to every job posting on Upwork that are kind of in my niche. Yeah, scope creeps, uh, that's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, I, I try to be quite rigorous with what I put in my proposals um, to the point where if I say there will be a contact form on the contact page, I will go to the detail of saying what fields will be on the form and what type of data each field will accept and whether they're yeah. going to be required fields and so on and so on, whether there's going to be a... Uh, you know, like a, a recapture, I'm not a robot tick box kind of thing. Yep. And, you know, to to start that section of the proposal off, I will, I will pretty much say I will build what's listed below. If, you know, now is the time to really think about what it is you want because, you know, what what is here is what I'm proposing to build. If you want something different down the road, that's fine, but you will have to pay for it. Yeah, um, and it's it's difficult because I want to have a, a positive relationship with you know my, my clients because um, you, know, you 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 build up a personal relationship with them as well. Um, so it's it's kind of difficult being that hard nosed about things. Yeah. Um, so I spent quite a long time sort of phrasing what I, what I just said really <laughs> to be able to put it into a proposal without sounding really horrible. Um, but I th- I think it while it might seem aggressive from my point of view to be like, I will only build what I list below. Yeah. I think that does serve both parties as well because it sets a clear expectation. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I try to sell it to the clients. It's like, this may seem like I'm being a bit nasty right now, but this really is to serve both of us well, because if you start asking for stuff down the road and try and get it within the same price, inevitably I'm going to get hacked off of that by the end of the project if it keeps going on and on and on and then that will lead to a negative relationship between us and sort of resentment and nobody wants that let's just be clear and upfront if you want a change just come and ask me i mean if if it's a two-minute thing then sure i'll I'll just do it (laughs) but if it's if it's going to be something more then we need to discuss it um and and put a price to it and i think most people will be fine with that as long as you explain it in a you know in a nice reasonable way yeah and I think being that transparent up front is, is going to, again, it'll pay dividends to the type of relationships that you then have with your clients as well. Um, I think 
with the experience I've had, like I say this last week with sort of small jobs on Upwork and, and, and that sort of scope creep, it's been difficult to kind of frame things in that way up front. Um, and also for a bit more clarity, I'm not doing development work as such here. Um, I'm actually working on database design um, and analytics, so analysis of, of, of data. Um, and the trouble, I think, with that sort of work is that it is actually quite undefined. You know, your job as a, as an analyst um, and somebody trying to bring insights out of data is very much you're trying to tell people things they don't know already. Um, and so to lock them down to, you know, nuts and bolts and full requirements can be quite difficult. And part of the problem, I think, that can represent there is that a client doesn't necessarily see um, anything other than the output, the sort of end end part as being the job. So the analysis itself kind of gets you know, minimized almost in, in a lot of ways. The fact that you've had to ask 20 different questions before you found the one piece of insight that lets them go and do something. Uh, they care about the one piece of insight. Um, so it can, I think it, it's a type of work that I'm doing really that doesn't really lend itself so well to that that type of you know development model almost of, of, of setting a requirement and then going and doing it. You kind of have to program in more about sort of research time because that's what you're doing. Um, and kind of getting the client on board to sort of respect that that's that's the flow. You know, you're doing doing this body of work. They will get an output at the end of it, um, but that you know they've, they've kind of got to be on board for the whole whole part of the work and not just sort of be waiting for for that end bit. Um, I guess I'm not going to find so much of that sort of work where I've been looking. Um, and it is going to be more around sort of typical corporate environments and yeah, kind of proper contracting, as it were, locally, sort of in my area, um, where I'll actually be getting into a business, sitting alongside them and doing that, having that back and forth with them a lot more as well. Um, and then I think that will that will make more sense. But unfortunately, it's not something I can kind of box up and productize very well. Yeah, um, it is something that's going to essentially have to operate as a as a nine to five job, um, but I, I have to be I have to be fine with that at this stage. That is where a lot of my skills and experience lie, um, and that's what I have to trade on right now to kind of make our next goals sort of happen. And that's um, it. It's all it's all about the goal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think that's important regardless of what you're you're doing, whether you have a bigger goal. Like like we do right now as a family, um, or not? You know, your goal might just be that you want to create enough time for yourself to be able to go on holidays more, or take specific breaks, or, or whatever. You know, your goal doesn't have to be a big life changing thing, but no, it's all, you always have to have a goal, always. Or I certainly do. Otherwise, I just become stuck in the mud, and if I don't really know why I'm doing something, I get a bit sad about it. And then <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, my last my last goal was just to save up to get a car. Um, yeah, so that but, was. But, that, but that you was still it. have a reason why you're doing what you're doing. At That's that exactly point. it, isn't it? That's exactly yeah. it. Um, and I think bringing it around full circle, it's made me start to think about my app development and okay, what am I hoping to achieve out of that, and why am I doing this sort of indie thing on the side? Um, that's arguably perhaps not paying back as much as it should. Um, if I want to sort of consider it as a viable thing, 
Um, and I know why. I, I know why. It's about having something within my own control. It's about having something that I can learn from and that I can grow. Um, and I think going into this current phase of life, I'm now considering, well, what is the best use of my time? What is the best thing that I can be doing within my own apps as well when I do make that time and carve that, that time out for it. Um, and it's interesting. I have to wonder whether I, I actually work better against the sort of defined constraints, if you like. And perhaps for me, I actually work better when I do have something more full-time going on. Um, you know, less of this sort of toing and throwing between smaller jobs. Um, perhaps I'm going to be able to fit my own app stuff better around something that is more of a constant. Um, and that's quite interesting because I'd assumed otherwise a year ago, two years ago, you know, and, and, and there's an element there of maybe I've needed to sort of come full circle and kind of learn a few things along the way. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned that I was reading something um, the other day about students that work while they are at university. Yeah. And that those with less time due to their job can actually achieve more because when they have to work on their uh, you know, their coursework, yeah. they know they've got a fixed window to do it. So they actually crack the whip and get on with it <laughs> as opposed to, <laughs> as opposed to procrastinating all day long about it. Yeah. And then, you know, the output overall is lower if, if they're, you know, if they had all day to do it. That's yeah. I, I can see a lot of truth in that. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how, how, how you do find it. It will, um, because I do have some goals. I do have some aims that I would like to achieve with, with my apps sort of before the end of the year. You know, it would be awesome if we move into our next phase of life where we're kind of looking at, um, at actually emigrating and moving countries. And I've actually got things to such a stage where the apps are delivering a certain level of revenue that is much more predictable and useful. Um, and so there is a goal there for me to sort of grow things to a much more practical level um, that then sort of justifies the time I'm, I'm putting in there as well. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. We've, we've got small break sort of coming up in a week's time. Um, we're coming down to your side of the world a little bit. Hey. Uh, yeah. So hopefully we'll, we'll perhaps get to meet in that week. That that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be super cool. Yeah. Um, but during that break, I think there'll be, there'll be time there for me to, um, sort of plan out this year and, yeah, knowing when I've kind of taken that time out to sort of plan properly and I've got constraints and I'm trying to work towards stuff, I think, um, yeah, we hopefully we will see that sort of crystallise over the next few months as well. So far be it from me hanging up my indie hat, it's more about me kind of focusing what on earth I'm actually trying to achieve and make happen um, as, as sort of time becomes more, um, becomes shorter. Lots going on. Yep. Exciting stuff. All right, that just about wraps up this episode. Uh, before we go, Dave, where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me at davewood.uk for my blog, um, and you can find my applications at RoboHeads. That's RoboHead with a Z dot com. How about you, Dave? So you can find my apps. Uh, my first one, Armchair, my remote control for Cody at armchair-remote.com. Um, my second latest app, Space Readers, um, to help kids read. 
You can find it at spacereaders.com and now you can find my new web consulting business at root-digital.com. Brilliant. Catch you next week, Dave. Awesome. Hang on. There you go. Just whack my mic stand. That's something else you can (laughs) take out.